Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford, and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. Sunday the 5th and 12th of September is our sign-up Sunday for the autumn term. You can head to our website right now to sign up to the community groups like early morning prayer and running or to join a local Minster village in your area. For those who want to learn more about Jesus, the Bible and how it all fits in with your life, you can sign up for an Alpha course online and a Holy Spirit course too. For more information about the groups and courses you can sign up for, head to telfordminster.org forward slash sign up Sunday. Enjoy the podcast. Now I'm going to talk to you about why being in a church community is a really good idea. Do you like to see the link there? It's good, isn't it? So this reading is from Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. So if you have a Bible, now's your time to get it out. So Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 25, a call to persevere in faith. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as one are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm just going to pray before I bring what I feel God had um, has put on my heart. Heavenly Father, just as we, just as we had a, a wonderful time of worship, how we laughed together, how I've been a bit self-deprecating, you know. <laughs> Heavenly Father, just bring us to centre on you now. Open our hearts to what you may have to say to us as we hear your word. Amen. Amen. So community, authentic community. It has been something that I have craved for in my life. And in the life, let's be real, in church life as well. Not I'm sure many of you, I've been in churches that haven't felt like there's authentic community there. And even, and because we get it wrong, churches get it wrong too. But I just want to start by reading out some examples um, of authentic community, of where I've actually talked about that as examples rather than church. So the first one is, and I came back and Matt then said to me, we should get a pub. But recently, I went to a friend's wedding. Um, my friends are pub landlords. We're in a great pub, happy to give you the name, number, details of them later. And at their wedding, I quite quickly realized I was her oldest friend there. And then realized nearly everybody at that wedding were pub regulars. They were. 
So I chatted to some of them and said, why, why, why have you got such a good relationship with Joe and Zoe? And they said, well, they listen to us. When we come into the pub, they, they've heard us from the week before and what we've been doing. And they've become our friends. They've cared for us when we're sad and they've celebrated us when we're happy. They've created great community. But these people in the first place, they had to do one thing. They actually had to go to the pub. For some people, that's probably easier than others. But it's a pretty easy place to start a community. Another situation where I've seen great community, and this is really for, well, this is a TV show, and I've talked about it, and the staff team are probably fed up for me talking about it, but I love this TV show. And it's about a football team in London. And in the TV series, in the episodes, it's based around a man who's an American football coach who comes to coach um, English football. He knows nothing about football, absolutely nothing. But he does know people. And this team of people in London hate each other. For by the end of the series, what this man has created is community. He knew the people, he knew what people wanted, he knew what people needed, and he created community. But first of all, the people had to show up and they had to be willing. Now the last example of community, and it was something that I find it really hard to go, you'd think, mm, Steph talks, she's really out there, she's fine. I do find it hard to go into a new situation. It's really scary. Like people are saying to you, get out there, go and meet people. Um, you're, if you're saying you're lonely, get out there. But it's really hard to go and meet people that you don't know. You don't know what they're going to think of you. And then when you tell them that you're a vicar, they're like, oh, it's even worse. But I, in my old church, was finding it really hard. And I just needed to meet some other people. And one week, I was sat on the front desk with the wonderful Anne-Marie, who's well in her 70s. And she basically signed me up for adult ballet while I was sat there. That, that she, she, just, she, she was sat next to the person who was doing ballet. We like all good church halls. They rented it out to a ballet school. And she basically signed me up. When I left the Wirral, it was probably one of the hardest things I had to leave was that group of women. Because I created authentic community there. Of people that loved one another, who cared for one another. And we were all, we ranged from 21 to 80. It was pretty diverse, but it was authentic community. But you know what I had to do? I had to, had to turn up. I had to go. If we want to see a place and a community happen, we've got to create that community. We've got to be it. We've got to welcome people in. We've got to love people. We've got to care for them. When that person comes on a Sunday for the first time, really scared, we've got to care for them and love them. That's why being on hosting team is so important because you're probably one of the first people that sees somebody who's new. Our Bible passage today is literally telling us to go to church. It's to come together, or at least to come together as Christians. It's to not go at it alone, but to be together. So we're going to have a look at this a little bit more closely and tell us why it is that we need to turn up. So to give you some background here in Hebrews, Hebrews is before this is telling us how really wonderful Jesus is. 
that he's superior in every other way, um, that Jesus is immortal, irreplaceable, glorious for our for us high priest every part of your relationship to God your redemption your salvation forgiveness life now and future hope all of it is because Lord Jesus and his works and himself he is the glory of glories it's what Hebrews basically look how great Jesus is but then it turns and then this bit from this bit in Hebrews it's saying because Jesus is this you have to go and do that because God did this for you, your job is now to go and do this as community and for others. So let's have a look more closely. In Hebrews 22, it says, Therefore, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean with an e from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The first things we are asked to do is simply come. Jesus, is a, Jesus Christ is a standing invitation. Come and welcome to the holy places. Come and welcome the Father. Come and welcome to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. Come with a true heart because Jesus' ministry creates new hearts. Come with a full assurance of faith with a heart sprinkled clean from evil deeds. Come washed in waters of your baptism, come. Don't we need to hear this over and over again? We need this repeatedly reminded to us because we're so prone to undo the gospel and return to the shadows, to walk away from all that God is and done for us. We are prone to try and bring an offering for our sin in order to draw near to God. We don't just go to him and lie it down. We also try and run away. Whether you're a person who's been sinning all week with a wondering eye, a person been disrespecting their parents, whatever it is, the gospel undercuts all of our anti-gospel of self-justification, blame-shifting, hiding, and excuse-making. So my very first, the very first thing we are instructed to do is simply come as you are. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need to be anyone fancy. Just come as you are. It then says to us in verse 23, Therefore, let us hold fast the conscience of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now this doesn't mean these things. To the confession that your hope isn't in you, to the confession that you are not the captain of your own salvation, to the confession that you are a sinner saved by grace, to the confession that Christ is Lord and you are not. Sorry, I'm gonna start again again because I've read the wrong bit. Because <laughs> I've said it's not and he is. <laughs> So this passage, this is what it's saying. To the confession that your hope isn't in you. 
to the confession that you are not the captain of your own salvation, to the confession that you are a sinner saved by grace, to the confession that Christ is Lord and you are not. We don't have to do this alone because God has so much for us. He is Lord. You are not. You can think it. You can try to be it. But you aren't. You can try and be the captain of your own salvation. But you aren't. You can try and sort yourself out. You can try. There's lots of ways to do it in the world. But Jesus offers you a different way. Hold fast your confession even when you sin because your confession was never that you are good enough in the first place. He is holding your fast, so hold fast. It then says to us, and this is kind of where I want to focus now, it says in verse 24 and 25, therefore let us consider how to stir one and up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So firstly, stir one another up to love and do good works. Let's have a think about this in that the argument that's been made here. Therefore, in the light how Jesus has loved you and brought you to God, stir one another up to love and to good works. I think in our world, we can see two types of people. We can see the person who everyone says is a really, really good guy. He is the person that gives up their holiday to go to Africa on mission trips. He's the person that puts who does everything for everybody else, is the first person there to love and serve his community selflessly, but doesn't know Jesus. Says he doesn't need him in his life. And then we have another type of person, a person that comes to church every single week, a person that will do be on the tea rotor, who kind of thinks they care for people, but the rest of the week doesn't really care about it. As Christians, we should be more like the first person. I don't know how many churches I've been to, and this is nothing against them, where we have Sunday-only Christians. And maybe they're only Christian, I think, for about half an hour because they go home, they gossip about their neighbors, they whinge about people, they hurt people, and yet we see these others. But what brings us to Jesus is through giving our whole lives to him. But part of our call as Christians is to do good works as well. It says, if you love, keep my commandments, it says in John 14. In Matthew 5, verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In 2 Corinthians 
Uh, chapter 9, verse 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. The New Testament knows nothing of salvation by our good works. And it equally knows nothing of salvation that doesn't free us from slavery to sin to good works. The author of Hebrews will not have us neglect good works, no, but have us look to the cross, enter into the holy place by faith, and from that position vigorously pursue love and works. We are to stir one another up in these things. When someone has done something really good, give them a pat on the back, tell them, well done, how can I join in with you? When, you, when Pam needs help, give her a hug and say, I'm with you, I'll come and join you. You're doing a great job down there. When Nick wants, wants to go and do some crazy thing in a school that he thinks far out of your league or impossibility and you have no idea how to talk to young people, say, show me. I want to come and help these young people come and know Jesus too. One of the immediate obstacles to our obedience to this text would have to be that we don't like being interfered with at all. We like to have our routines as humans, to know what we're doing, when we're going to do it. Got time to go to the gym, have tea here, put so-and-so to bed. That's only Harry. Whatever. you, <laughs> We like routines in our lives. We also don't like being with people that upset us. But if iron is to sharpen iron, we all have to come into contact with each other as well. We have to come together. Our passage says this too, don't neglect meeting together as some do. Christianity is a communal. Think about the, there's all these metaphors in the New Testament, a body compromised of many parts, God's house, a temple for God to dwell in, um, built on living stones, a chosen race, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people for God's own possession, a family, an army, a massive earth covering tree. <laughs> we reduce Christianity to a personal relationship often though that Jesus is in our hearts. Of course, he is not less than that, but he's definitely more than that. We can have and get into the habit of not meeting together, and we have, haven't we, really? We've not been together for, I did count it, it is 18 months, really, that we haven't been doing things. We've been finding that we've got all this time on our hands and we can spend time with one another. But I really miss having people round for dinner and hanging out with people. To grow as Christians, we must come together to be effective, to grow, to learn, to sharpen one another's iron, to hold each other up. You aren't to settle for twice a month a podcast church attendance. I encourage you to be so much more than that. I get life gets in the way. I get work gets in the way. Shift patterns get in the way. But there's so much opportunity for church. And I've just read out, we've practically got something on every single night for you. I think Friday and Saturday might be the only times that there's not regularly something on. And even then there will be. 
we aren't allow we aren't to allow our hearts and our homes to be empty we are to invite our brothers and sisters over buy tasty treats craft beers and gins and wines invite them over put them in the middle of the table and say come and join us be together join a village join a group go on a course heck talk to me about starting a group i'm all ears but at the center it is got to be Jesus-centered and mission-focused. None of these groups, courses, villages, activities that we do, being on team will work unless Jesus is at the heart and we put Jesus first. We're not going to change a place if Jesus isn't at the center. But whatever it takes, do it. Find a way to be together, to grow as Christians, to grow a community that people really want to be part of. I don't want to go on about my friend's great community in a pub or a TV show or this ballet group. I want to go, come and join my church because it's the best community you're ever going to be part of in Telford, in the, in the world. Because people here love one another, they care for one another, they have fun together and they grow together. That is what I want to see. When I stopped going to church, when I thought podcast church was the best thing, when I didn't want to know anything about it, I literally felt like I fell off a cliff. I was so tremendously sad and lost without the community of people around me. I found that community again, and my goodness, it was incredible. So guys, what are you doing you are this church. It's not just me and Matt or the staff team. It is you guys as well. If you aren't doing it, it's not happening. We're not a corporation of religious professionals dispensing spiritual goods and in service exchange some sporadic financial support. Well, not that. And I want to, we've got to be more than that for people to want to join us. Some of you will probably have the treat of being in the Lawley Facebook page. And <laughs> when I see what's going on on that page, it is people who are lonely, who are lost. The amount of times people are saying, is there a mums group? Is there somewhere I can go for a coffee? Can we set this up so someone can come along to? But yet there's nowhere to do it. People want community. These people want to get to know people, to love one another, to care for one another, to meet others that you don't just live with, especially those who live on their own. So let's create a community for them and for the people of Telford that other people love inviting others to. I promise I'm nearly finished. So with the next thing, it says, encourage one another, especially as the day draws near. As you are meeting together, stirring one another up, love and good works, encourage one another. Encourage one another as you gather in his name. This church isn't to function as the world church functions. We're not in competition. We're not competitors. We aren't little individual human float particles floating around in space and then getting to compete with others. No, we are so much more than that. We are here to show the gospel. We're here to love one another. 
So let's start encouraging one another. We don't aim to be the tallest, most cutting edge place. We aim to be a place of community where people find Jesus. So as a church, let's be different and encourage one another. Build one another up. Now in all of this, I am not even saying as well that you should only come to church. Because if you only come to church, who are you going to invite? <laughs> who are you going to only invite if you, don't, if you spend your whole life here? There's an old German white guy. He's dead now. He said a really cool thing. I want to read it out. This is what he said. He's called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, let the Christian remain in the world, not because of the good gifts of creation, nor because of his responsibility for the course of the world, but for the sake of the church. Let him remain in the world to engage in frontal assault on it and let him live in the life of his secular calling in order to show himself a stranger in the world and all the more. But that is only possible if we are visible members of the church. The antithesis between the world and the church must be borne out in the world. That was the purpose of the incarnation. That is why Christ died among his enemies. We need to be in the world, but not of the world. We need to be rooted in church with our Christian friends who when we have, when we're trying to share the gospel with that neighbor, and it's really hard and they maybe don't want to talk to us, you can go back to your village, to your community, to your friends from church and say, please, can you pray for me? You can say, I want to put on this big event in Lawley um, that I want to invite people to do for carol concerts to share the gospel. I can't do it alone. Can, I, can you help me? We can't do this alone, but it doesn't mean, I don't want you to sign your lives away to church. I don't want you to be there every night. I want you to be doing other things as well, but you can't do it on your own. We're gonna just, I'm coming into kind of finish now. And I wanna finish um, just talking to you about stones. <laughs> um, um, when I was sharing with Harry what I wanted to talk about, like I felt God had kind of written this and I kind of just splurged on a page about how we all need to be together. But it's also we need to be together because when we're together, we, aren't, we don't just create great community, but we also smooth one another out as well. So skim, anyone here ever skimmed a stone? Anyone been able to skim a stone is another question. I can't skim a stone. I'm hopeless at it. Skimming stones, when you find them, they have to be the really smooth ones, don't they? They're really flat. They're perfect, the skimming stones. When you get like four leaps, they're normally the most perfect stones. But what happens when stones rub up together, out of water? They create fire or sparks, if you do it the right way, if you've been to beavers and guides and whatnot. They should create fire. But when you put stones in the water and they rub up together. No fire is caused. And it's here when the stones rub against each other in the river that they are smoothed out. So in order for no destruction to happen, we need to be in the river. And that is 
when we do that. When we do that, the Holy Spirit uses us to rub off our edges that poke and hurt and maybe even draw blood on others. With the Holy Spirit, he, he rubs us down, he smooths us off to make us fly in his hand. He uses us as living stones which he's, he is making for his spiritual house, for the community of Telford. I felt that was a real word for us because as I was praying and really thinking about what you guys need to hear, I felt you need to be encouraged that you need to spend time with one another. But I also know that when you spend time with people, when they become family, you don't always love each other or want to love each other anyway. We rub each other up the wrong way. We have different opinions, different theologies, different ideas of how to do life. But through the spirits, through being together in church, we can be made the smooth, perfect stones that God has intended us to be. So I wonder now if I could just pray for us. Is that okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for the examples and incredible community that we see in our world. But I pray, Lord, that we will embody the community, the perfect community that you have for us in Telford. That we will be a church, a people that encourage one another to do good works, to come together, to be sanded down in the waters of the Holy Spirit, to be made the smooth and perfect stones that you want us to be as we do life together as community as we do life together as church and as Christians, making Jesus known in this place. And Lord, that we become a church that people really want to come to. That people come in and say, there's something different here. And that's because you are at the center and because we love you. So Lord, have your way in that place. Stir our hearts this week and stir the place around us, Lord. We pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, drop us a follow at, at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to our website, telfordminster.org.uk.